it. So I got Greg McHale with me. We were just chatting offline a little bit about what he is doing. And Greg agreed to come on. And he was kind of like, how did you... You know, how did you find me to come on the Unconventional Money Moves podcast? And Greg was telling me about what he's doing. I was like, that's exactly why. So uh, happy to have Greg on, come on. And it, it was interesting to hear you were an athlete. We didn't get really in the details of what kind of athlete that you were and how that transitioned into what you're currently doing now in the, uh, the media space. So what yeah. sort of athlete were you? And like, how did that transition to what you're doing now with uh, your current projects? Yeah, well, thanks, uh, thanks, Josh. Thanks for having me, man. Um, so the athletic side, and I guess to go to give you the, a holistic approach to what what I do have going on. So I have a television show which is in the hunting space, and I hunt out west here. So in the style of hunting that I do in the mountains, and I live in the Yukon, right next to Alaska. So we we live in the wild places of North America for sure, and the style of hunting that I do, I brought my athletic background to it, which was adventure racing. So I used to professionally adventure race for a number of years. And, um, and then after transitioning from that, I wanted to keep that style of, of hunting or that style of athletics and adventure racing is basically an endurance sport where you, uh, use map and compass to navigate cross country and the main disciplines are biking, paddling, and running. So really long races, 400 to 1,000 kilometer races uh, over multiple days. And I really wanted to bring that style of uh, athleticism to the world of hunting. And there's no better place to do it than in Western, uh, Western Canada or the United States. That's super cool. And like, wh where's your show? It's and like, where are people watching it that may not be yeah. familiar with it? So the television show is uh, broadcast on the Sportsman channel. You can also find myself on YouTube where um, a lot of the shows I, pu I put them up and that everything is Greg McHale's Wild Yukon. So yeah, if you're, if you're interested in hunting or certainly an athletic pursuit or the beautiful mountains, just the scenery, like the place that, uh, that we live and the place that I get to hunt is one of the most spectacular in the planet. So it's, it's a pretty good spot to be in. And these races, I, I, I feel like I've seen these races and like, I don't know who it was, but like, there was like one person who's like the head honcho of these races and they have like the sticks, the compass, they're like going through the woods. Is that like the kind of races that you were competing in? Yeah, that's, that's exactly the, the style of racing. Um, I raced all over the world and, um, you know, it's from Mongolia to Australia uh, and everywhere in between. So it was, um, yeah, it's, it's a really neat sport. It's, it's probably the most physically demanding team sport on the planet. Um, it, and that's, and that's what really drew me to it was the diversity of ath athlete that you need to be, to be able to be successful. And then the teamwork and team dynamics that it requires to be, you know, to move through a course and still stay cohesive and come at, uh, you know, do the best you can and, you know, help each other out along the way. So it's uh, it's a fantastic sport, but not popular so, by any means, because it's really damn hard. I, I was going to ask, why would anyone want to do this? It sounds like yeah. you, how long are these? You were saying like three, four hundred mile races. Yeah. Yeah. Often. 
and it's through like terrain. So it's not just like Forrest Gump just felt like running. This is like over the meadow, through the woods, through the mountains to the end of the race we go. Exactly. And you have to navigate your way through it and you have to hit a series of checkpoints that you don't know where you, you literally get the maps like 24 hours before the race and you have to plot all your own checkpoints off of GPS coordinates. So it's, it's a very, um, it's, it's a, it is a very, very demanding sport mentally and physically because you have to remain in the, in the game throughout the, throughout the race. And we often would sleep um, once the race starts and it finishes when it finishes. So you have to, you know, you've got to manage yourself and manage your, your teammates. And um, often we would not sleep for the first 36 hours. And then at every 24 hours after that, we would probably sleep an hour and a half to two hours and literally in the bush, you know, in a garbage bag or whatever you need to do to, you know, just to, to stay warm. And, and it's pretty minimalist. So like, let's pick a race that you did. What's, what's one race that you did? Uh, you said you were mentioning you did a race in Mongolia. Mm -hmm. So just like, I don't want to hear like all the details, like you can keep the, the nasty details out, but like how, how does this race like start? Like what happens during the race? Like in terms of like when you start going the wrong way or like, how does all of that work to help like educate someone about like what exactly these are because it's not exactly uh, mainstream media. Yeah, no, it's definitely not mainstream um, because of it, it's so hard to, to follow a team, like even to have the cameras there. That's why it's, it's such a difficult sport to film. Therefore, very few people know about it, generally speaking. But, you know, the race, it's, it's a mass start. There are four people, four person teams and at the highest level, you must have one person of the opposite sex. So you typically you have three men and one woman on each team, or yeah, you know, you can have two and two. It doesn't matter what the mix up, but all the top teams in the planet are three men and one woman. And you have to you when the race starts, you know, like I said, you get your maps 24 hours in advance, typically. And you plot your checkpoints and then you start at the start line and you know, you know, you're just navigating map and compass, no GPSs, generally speaking. Um, and you just, you continue throughout the course. Say you go for the first, I don't know, you run a marathon through the bush and then you get to your bikes and your bikes will be at a certain checkpoint. You hit that checkpoint, you know, transition to your bikes and literally you have to build your bike because you have to put them in boxes so that the, so that the race organization can move them around. It's not just, it's not like a triathlon where you just run in, grab your bike and go. You literally have to assemble them uh, and then go. <laughs> and then maybe you might bike for, you know, hundred miles and then you get into a hit a water section. Then you'll paddle for 24 hours. Like, and, and it just gets broke up. And really the thing is, managing your sleep deprivation, managing your team dynamics and going in the right direction. Cause you, there's been many races that I went in the wrong direction for hours. And, but that doesn't, you know, these races are so hard. They're so long. There's so many variables that can come into play that you can never count yourself out. 
Like you could go in the wrong direction for two hours and then make, realize it, make a good navigational correction. And, you know, 12 hours later, 24 hours later, you're back in the same position as you were or better. So it's, it's having the mindset that you never quit and you never, you know, just, you don't get down. Um, you try to maintain a high level of, uh, lack for lack of a better term enthusiasm, but you know, it's, it's really about keeping your head down and just moving forward. Just, and it's the best metaphor for life that I've ever experienced. And what I took away from that sport, um, translates to regular everyday life so amazingly. And that's why, you know, we've been my wife and I have been quite successful in business. And I think a lot of it comes down to, to adventure racing and having to overcome difficulties and failing, making mistakes and getting back up and moving forward again. So I, I, I know that not many people know about this sport because it is crazy difficult. It's mentally challenging and it will break you down. And if you don't have a strong mental game, or if you're not, um, if you have a lot of ego, this this sport will bring it out of you, and you will not do well. Yeah, four hundred miles, like that's more than most people may travel by foot in their entire life, let alone in the span of one event. So, are you able to share like a scary moment that you had during one of these races? Yeah, well, I've had a number of them, but um, one time we were racing, two really come to mind, racing in, or it's often it's around water, but one time in Scotland, we were racing in the, in the dark, in the middle of the night, and we we're on the side of a, a, a mountain, and it was, it, often the mountains aren't steep and rocky like they are in the north, um, or where I live, they're steep, but it's turf. And it was raining and just around freezing. And that's, you know, you couldn't see anything fogged in. And we're just coming across this side hilling across this mountain. And it was, it was pretty sketchy. And I, and I used to big wall climb and mount high altitude mountaineer. So I have a good sense of what's sketchy and what's not. And sometimes, you know, ignorance is bliss, but that was the situation where everybody, everybody got across and it was all good. Um, but yeah, the objective danger there or the, the possibility of a fall and of one of the teammates while sleep depri- you know, sleep deprivation is a huge thing and you're not always coherent. And this was late in a race and we um that was that was a sketchy one, but often it's around water. You know, I need like we've been in races where people have uh you know went into the water and not come out. Um and water is water is one of the major factors that you really have to have your head in the game especially you know big white water or ocean paddling in new zealand we were ocean paddling one time and the swells were 10 feet high and we were trying to get back into into the beach and i think there was hundreds of boats out there and i think that maybe two boats actually made it in and um without without flipping over and like just complete destruction of you know thousands of dollars in boats and you know and just you're in a washing machine and and when you when you live in 
certainly live in the north where I do, you're not used to those huge ocean swells. So, and, you know, breaking, you know, big breaking ocean. So, I mean, if you were, uh, I'm sure if you were a surfer, this would be, wouldn't have been that big of a deal, but um, yeah. So yeah, lots of, lots of stuff around water. That's a big problem. Um, especially, you know, light water and, and uh, being like, generally speaking, being sleep deprived and being just tapped out. It, you don't necessarily make the right decisions at as quick as you would if you were fresh. So these are where people get in trouble and often, you know, nighttime water and nighttime are a bad, uh, bad combination. What, what kind of people are doing these races? Cause like a lot of people may be like, yo, those people need to get jobs, but you have a successful uh, business and you've turned this passion into seems like profitable. Uh, so yeah. like what, what kind of people are doing these sort of thing that could potentially kill you? Yeah, no, I mean, they're, they're definitely, it's a definitely a different, um, it's not your average person that is interested in these kind of things. Like I find myself <clears throat> it's, and the older I get, the more I actually recognize what it is that, uh, that draws me to a certain, you know, these adventures for lack of a better term. Um, it's the interest in, in pushing myself to really find out where my limits are or, you know, to really to find out who I am. And often when you do that in a physical, you know, in a physical forum, you, you know, you break yourself down and, and the type of person that chooses to do this versus, um, versus is forced to do this. um, People are forced to do this. Well, no, I don't mean forced to, I I mean, (laughs) forced to, to find out who you are by, external forces whether you join okay so say you join the military and you go through boot camp okay like now you're being dictated to as to what you're going to do and how hard you're going to push yourself now for us in this sport i just i just felt that i needed to you know to figure out where my limits are and how do i push past those limits and most people aren't interested in knowing that most people are so it it is a certain type of person that that is willing to push themselves beyond others it's almost beyond a level of comfort that you can't comprehend it's enjoying the unknown that's why i love the sport is because you don't know what you're going to come up against you know around the next corner or if you're a triathlete you know exactly what's going to happen like there's no surprises everything is laid out for you or you've laid it out for yourself you've laid out a a path to success now adventure racers are they want that same push of the body but they don't want they don't want the knowledge of how that push is going to come and how it's going to be played out and i think that adventure racers um if you if you run into them and i'm not talking somebody that's done one race but somebody that has made a a career or really has pursued it at the highest level, you're definitely talking about, um, you're talking to a different, a different type of person. I feel like you gotta be crazy to do this. Or you gotta be so sane that, uh, that you you understand that you need to push yourself, um, in order to get the, 
you know, get the most out of yourself and who you are and then translate that to the rest of your life. But most people figure would figure out who you are on one of these trips. Most people would go with what you're saying is uh, you're not you're not saying. Yeah, it's, it seems like the biggest test most people went through recently was uh, being locked down during COVID. That, yeah. that seemed like a mental test for a lot of people. But this is mental, physical, not knowing. Like, have people been attacked by animals on these things? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I wouldn't say, you know, I haven't heard of anybody being, you know, mauled by a bear or something like this. Often in often in these quote unquote third world countries, it's dogs. You know, you it's it's being attacked by dogs while you're on your bike or something like that happens actually almost every race in one of those in one of those countries. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's such a it's to back to kind of your point is most people have dealt had to deal with the lockdown as being the most challenging thing, but there's an external situation that wasn't, that's not an, that's not one that we chose. It's one that was forced upon us. And then you, then you have to deal it, deal with it. So like for me, I own a, a major, like the largest tourism business here uh, in the Yukon where I live. And that, that business caters to the cruise ships. So you can imagine what, um, what the last three years has looked like, uh, for that business. And this is adventure racing, you know, a light or years of adventure racing prior to that has really built the, the mental domination that is required when, when you have, a you know, a big part of your life, all of a sudden it's like literally gone. Like it's just evaporated. Like your business is done. And we had, you know, 35 employees and that, you know, now they're all out of work and we're out of work. And it was a, it was a tough, challenging time. And that was thrust upon us. You didn't choose it, but it's really, how do you deal with it? And you know, things like when you find yourself or when you are willing to push yourself internally to find out, and I'm not saying everybody has to be an adventure racer. That doesn't make sense, but you have to be step outside your comfort zone. And when you step outside that comfort zone, you really find out, you know, who you are and what you're made of. And sometimes you don't like what you see, but that's an opportunity to take that and go, okay, I'm going to change this. I'm going to, you know, look for the positive in all of these aspects and move forward. And that's what uh, the whole COVID lockdown thing for, for that business, for us, was, it was, it, yes, it was challenging, but at the end of the day, it's just another challenge. Yet, from what I'm gathering, it seems like these adventure races are going to prepare anyone for what they may not may not be ready for, whether it's getting downsized in a job, whether it's losing a loved one, whether it's, you know, loss of a dream. And by being able to actually see who you are by pushing yourself to those extreme limits without killing yourself can definitely help people find out who they truly are to bring out that best performance for their future and to become resilient no matter what life might throw at them. Yeah, there's, and there's no doubt that that is exactly what adventure races is going, are going to provide somebody. 
but I know that most people are not going to do that. So how do you find that same style or how do you find that resilience or that um, ability to be able to push through in difficult situations? Well, first off, you just have to put yourself in difficult situations. And, and often I did it, you know, I think, I believe that the easiest way to do it is through physical fitness or through putting yourself physically in a challenging situation because nobody that owns a business is saying, Hey, I should, you know, I should demo this, this at this part of my business just so I can see if I can build it up. No, of course <laughs> not. But every one of us can always look and go, okay, what about my physical fitness? Can I do it? Does it need to be better? And if it does need to be better, how do I challenge myself and push myself beyond where I am comfortable? And that's where it's found. It's found in the uncomfortable areas and the, the fear of the fear of the unknown. So those are the situations that I recommend anybody look for. And obviously I'm a huge proponent of being physically active and, and pushing yourself. And, you know, because at the end of the day, if whether it's business or it's family or it's just life, the more physically capable you are, the better everything is going to be. You're going to be a better husband. You're going to be a better father. You're going to be a better employee, or you're going to have be able to run your business better. You're just going to have more energy. And that's the, that's the foundation of it all. You know, the, for me, the foundations of success is, is, you know, four things. It's, you know, having great relationships and focusing on those relationships and having people around you that lift you up, you know, that's, so it starts, it starts with relationships and having health, you know, being able to be capable of doing those 10 flights of stairs if you need to, you know, um, just waking up every day and moving forward in a physical way and being in the, you don't know what everybody has to be this, you know, gym, you know, muscle house. It's just move your body, put good food in the body. Cause it's just a machine. You put good fuel in the machine. Good things come out. You have good relationships. You can take care of your finances. You have relationships and you have good health finance. I, I believe that financial freedom or financial success will come because you have the energy to work harder and then you get noticed and then you just make more money. And then, um, the, the last thing is, uh, you must have a goal. You, as you have to have a goal, something that you're looking for, something that you're moving toward. And if you don't have a goal in life, you've got to get out and find one because otherwise you're just going to sit, you know, you just sit around and watch television or social media or whatever it is. Like you got to strive for something, wake up with a purpose. That's what I believe is the, you know, the four pillars of, of a successful individual, man or woman, doesn't matter. I didn't know you were, we were going to get philosophical, but I like it. I, <laughs> I like it. I mean, one thing, uh, my wife, my wife kind of got on me this, but like one thing I always like to do, and I'm not doing 400 mile races or anything crazy, but like. When I, when I go to a grocery store, I go to a store, I park in the back because if I make an extra 
200 steps a week. That's an extra 10,000 steps a year. If I do that every single year, how many extra steps am I taking to make sure I'm taking my health seriously? And I feel like that's what uh, Kobe Bryant really did a good job of. He's like, listen, if I wake up and I train at four and then I go and I eat breakfast and I rest, and if I'm training four times a day versus you're two times a day, eventually uh, I'm going to just outwork you because I'm going to put in those extra steps. I'm going to put in those extra hours. And it appears to me that's what you've done a really great job of with this adventure training and how that's translated to your success in the business world. Yeah, no, I think that that's like, like Kobe, I've, I've listened to the same things that obviously you are. And, you know, here's a great example of how it's uh, how success or how, you know, how he created a successful life for himself and was became one of the the greatest. Right. And that, that is what it is. It's, it's all about the little steps every day and having the self-discipline um, to be able to do things that your average person can't wrap their head around doing. And that's, I think that that's a really important point is that everybody, I believe everybody is capable. It's just a matter of having the self-discipline to to do the things that most people don't want to do the early mornings, the, the extra hours, the, the practice. Um, there's a, there's a great book, um, that, uh, that I've been reading and it's, it's called, um, talent is overrated. And it really just talks about the extra effort and the amount of effort, not just, not just garbage effort, but focused effort in the, the amount that you have to put forward to be great, to be unbelievably exceptional at every at anything. And if you do that, you do not have to start out as, you know, the talent. You don't have to have the talent. You have to have the work ethic and the self-discipline to do it every day and you will achieve the goal. Yeah, and I feel like that comes down to just doing 1% every day. Maybe you're out of shape just go to the gym and then leave. But like, at least get in the habit of going to the gym. I mean, when it comes to like building wealth, a lot of people look at Warren Buffett. They're like, yo, he's so rich. But like what people don't understand is 99% of his wealth was generated after 60 years old. But if you can take that one extra step a day, if you can invest that extra $1 a day, if you can, you know, just go to the gym and literally make it a habit by doing those little steps that can definitely make you a success such as what you've created uh, through your organization. Yeah. It's the, if you ever listen to anybody who has, who has what we put up on the pedestal, um, it's the long game there. It's everybody is saying the same thing. Everybody is. It's the long game. You have to look five, 10 years down the road. If you're only looking at the instant gratification that our society is built on right now, um, you will be no better than average. Uh, but if you can have the tenacity and the foresight to look long-term, the 1% every day, you, you will, you will be successful. Like, and it's getting easier and easier to, you know, to be successful under certainly under, under what I call success 
if you just do that because most people are lazy. Most people, no, like I don't, most people are not interested in pain for the sake of pain or suffering. And what we call suffering now or pain now compared to what our great grandparents dealt with, like we are soft, soft human beings compared to just look back at your great grandfather or, you know, the men or women around that era and what they dealt with compared to what we deal with. We are in the best time of human existence as far as the ease of life. And you, I believe you have to look for hardship. You have to look for difficulty often in order to be, to understand. Totally. Got to, what's the phrase? If you do what is hard, you got to do what's hard to make your life easy. If you do what's easy, your life will be hard. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm not a philosophizer or but anything. It's, it's, so it's, it's all true. Like all, if you study people that are successful, they're all saying, everyone's saying the same thing. Yeah. It's just tough for people to realize that because being in the present moment and giving that up is hard. Yeah. It's hard for a lot of people. Yeah. It's whether it's, whether it's sugar, whether it's, you know, alcohol, like whatever it is. Like we, we live in a society that everything is handed to us. And also we live in a society when it comes to your health and fitness that there's, there's never been more information, but there's also, it's also never been so hard because the food at which is sitting in our grocery stores and the food that the system is not set up for, for success because of many different reasons, whether it's capitalism or whatever you want to call it, you know, but it's, it's really easy to take a look at the food that is on the shelves and go, wow, if you really dig in, cause the information's out there, but it's really hard and you know, hard to find the food, generally speaking, that we consume on a daily basis is crap. And we really need to, I just wish the government would walk, walk, walk in. I don't know whether like I'm in Canada, so whether the it's here or there, it would be really interesting to watch a government walk in and just start turfing everything off the shelves that was not good for you. You would see the obesity rates turn around in a real quick hurry. And because um, the way it is right now, it's not a pretty scene out there. Yeah, like some of the best advice I got when it comes to shopping in the grocery is just you don't have to be an expert, but just look at the ingredients. If there's more than like four or five ingredients, you may want to question what exactly you're putting in your body. Like, but if I buy an apple, it says apple. If I buy egg, it says egg. I mean, I don't know exactly where that apple or egg came from, but at least I can limit what I'm putting into my body. Um, yeah. because I mean, we don't really know exactly what is going into producing everything that we're consuming. Yeah. This is, a, this is one that if you just ate foods, that your grandparents or your great grandparents would recognize you're on the right track. Cause you know, Kellogg's fruit loops as being part of the, uh, as part of the, the food pyramid. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. One of the, one of the most eye opening things I heard is that it may have been Kellogg's, 
that they trademarked or coined the phrase like breakfast is the most important meal of the day. And it got people be like, I have to eat breakfast. So what are people consuming? Eggs, you know, bacon, cereals, all of these things versus now we're starting to see like the benefits of like fasting and things of that nature that are actually coming into light, um, such as like the carnivore diet, just eat, eat meat and salt. Um, but it's, you know, everyone's a little bit different. I mean, what are you eating on these trips when you're yeah. on these adventures, like to keep you fueled for a 400 mile? Yeah. So this is, is a complete contrast to how I live my life, generally speaking, because um, you're trying to consume like you got to understand adventure. This sport is one that is not it's it's not normal. It's not a it's not a. I wouldn't even consider it necessarily a healthy thing to do um, because you do get into sleep deprivation. You get into, you know, the food that you're consuming is just high calorie because you're just constantly burning. So it's not, it's not a great, um, it's, it's not a great way to live your life long-term. That's for sure. Um, but we would do like four, four to five races a year. Um, but the way I live my life, as far as, you know, the, the food that I consume, generally speaking is, you know, whole foods. I would say that it's quite, uh, mostly plant-based, even though I obviously hunt a lot. Um, but the meat that we consume in our, in our house is none of it's processed and it's everything that I've killed. So it's, it's literally the best meat that you're going to find on the planet. And we don't, uh, I wouldn't say that we consume what certainly what would the average American or the average Canadian, the amount of meat that the average person would consume. So we really try to, um, try to focus on, you know, plant-based whole food diet with, uh, about maybe 10% red meat, um, and stay away from all processed as much processed food as we possibly can. Obviously, if you go out for dinner or something, you're you're going to, or I shouldn't say obviously, but where our family is, if we go out for dinner, we're going to um, we're going to enjoy the dinner and enjoy the meal. I'm not a hundred percent, you know, anti all that because um, I think that that's part of having a bit of balance is is also also a good thing. Um, but yeah, like the the foods that we would consume on a race are what would be considered complete garbage, generally speaking. Um, yeah, you can have power bars and gels and stuff like that that are going to give you and nuts and berries and stuff like that dried, but you have to carry everything. So it's the highest calories that you can get in the smallest uh, amount of food, really. How much harder would these races be if they made you like hunt your own food? <laughs> Well, I probably wouldn't have lost very many if uh, if that was. <laughs> Maybe that's the next race we create is one we have to like hunt. You have to like it's like a like a you have to you know hunt one thing. You have to have like certain objectives that you yeah check it, off. It was funny when I was racing in New. We would race in New Zealand, and some of the best athletes in the planet in this sport are in New Zealand. So it's a great place to train because they don't have a winter, right? So they can they can train uh, all these sports all year round. And, um, and some of the, some of the best athletes are also, you know, I connected with them really well because they, 
a lot of them do hunt. So it was, uh, yeah, it's, it was always great to go down there and hang out with, uh, hang out with like-minded people doing, doing like-minded things and, you know, not, not just the athletic side, but also the hunting side. So yeah, the Kiwis still would have been difficult to beat, even if we were throwing hunting in there. Yeah. That would make it even crazier, more crazy. Yeah. Uh, if you have to hunt your own food on top of everything else, that's thrown your way known and unknown. And with, with all that being said, like, let's talk more about your, uh, the business side of things. So like we have a really clear picture on how you've like built yourself into such a resilient person. Now what's going on with you, like with your media company and what you're producing through your shows and whatnot. Yes. So, um, the, the, the company was founded off of the television show. So I started a production company, but um, and that was in 2017. But over the years, uh, I've built more of a media company with the with the understand like the production, the television show was just one one aspect of the of the larger picture. And yeah, so that's one that's one of the companies that uh, that we have. We have some real estate, uh, commercial real estate stuff, and the tourism business. And this tourism business should come back or 2023 and the summer here in a, in a good way. So we'll, we'll know that in the next few months, but uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of, kind of where, where we're at. And I spend a lot of time on the, on the media side. So we work with a number of the, the top brands in, in the hunting space and yeah, it's, it's a, it's great relationships and it's great. Uh, it's really the, the television show showed me what, what is really needed out there for your average, you know, your average company, you know, it's not the days where you have, you know, your brick and mortar sales and, you know, you just distribute to them and get it out there. There's so much more to it now. And I think that that's, um, that's really where we've been able to help companies and the ones that I work with, whether it's, you know, their email campaigns or whether influencer marketing, whether they're, you know, it's, it's just their digital assets and just the holistic approach to what a company needs now compared to what it did 10, 20 years ago is a completely, the landscape's completely different. And that's where we're able to help uh, in all those aspects. In like, what sort of way are you like helping people like me, for example, how would you help? Are you able to help someone like myself or is it specifically to the hunting? Field? No, I mean, when it, when it comes to marketing, you're, it's all the same, like whether it's the hunting genre, whether it's the outdoors, whether it's you're selling cars. Um, I, I believe that the, the, the core and the foundation of it is, is really very similar and it's about, um, you know, so yes. So could, could, could I help you for sure? Um, we, you know, that we, you start out, you got to break down, break down the business and under and want to and understand what the goals of the business are and you know really dig into the foundation and what it is that um you know what there's certain steps that you're going to have to do and where are you along that along that scale and once we realize we do the background work um because i believe that anybody that just walks in and says oh yeah i got your i can solve your problem well you really need to know what the problem is and that's where we start. We start with an exploratory, you know, questions and really trying to find out what it is that your business needs or where you want to go with it. And then we would build out how do we get how do we get you there? 
And um, there's, so yeah, there's a, there's a, a process to doing such. Yeah. There's always an order of operations to ensure something is successful. Uh, and like, I want to le- know more about your show. Like it's on YouTube. It's on, it's on mainstream television. Yep. It's on mainstream television and the sportsman channel. We also have some digital partners. Um, we're overseas and uh, in Europe as well. But um, so sportsman channel on the uh, outdoor life network or sorry, not on the uh, outdoor sportsman group. Um, and then that's where you can find us if you have uh, television on linear TV. But YouTube is just Greg McHale's Wild Yukon. And we have uh, a lot of you know educational content, but everything is around the hunting genre over there. So that's kind of where I'm, my people would mostly know me from is from hunting for sure. That's awesome. I, uh, appreciate you coming on. This was a, uh, enlightening conversation and I'm sure everyone that listens to it's going to enjoy it. So happy to have you on Greg and, uh, we'll see everyone next time. Okay. Thanks Josh. Appreciate it.